Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. I'm really sad. He's the toughest human being I probably have ever met or been around. And the classiest guy, too. It's a great example that you can have both. You know, I think people think if you're tough, you can't have high character and you can't have class. And Jerry Sloan proved that wrong. You can have all three. Honoring the memory of the Utah jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Love these little tributes that uh, Austin Lloyd and Hatch are putting together for Jerry Sloan. That was Doc Rivers right there. Broadcasting live from Bullfrog Spas, 146 South, just west of I-15. It's their Memorial Day sale. Come on by and uh, find out what they can do for you. We're uh, doing a little project with our listeners uh, using our open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. Uh, You can record up to 15 seconds of audio. Send that. We're going to put them all together and air a Zone listener tribute to Jerry Sloan on Tuesday. So if you have not downloaded our Zone Sports Network app, please do so. Then go to the open mic feature. Record up to 15 seconds, uh, whether it's a memory or a thought or a tribute to Coach Sloan. And we'll uh, we'll play them all uh, coming up next week. But Gordon, we're going to talk to Howard Beck here in a moment, and uh, wanted to uh, to talk to Howard to uh, do our daily assist today, just to get a kind of national NBA perspective on Coach Sloan and and his legacy in this league. Yeah, that's great. It'll be fantastic to hear from Howard, uh, see what his thoughts are on uh, on Coach Sloan. In fact, let's get uh, let's get to it. Hit it, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Make it uh, Sprint. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. From the Bleacher Report, he's our friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you today? Hey, guys. I'm good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. As you can imagine, uh, our community here and uh, jazz fans struggling a little bit with the passing of uh, Jerry Sloan. What's uh, give us kind of the national NBA perspective on on Coach Sloan and his legacy in this league? I don't think it'd be much different than how you regard him there. I mean, he's a, a legend, universally respected among his peers, someone who a lot of folks around the league counted as a mentor and a role model, and, you know, who, you know, listen, the, the, the 90s jazz, we just spent, you know, the last month plus immersed in the 90s watching the Bulls documentary, and that story, of course, could not be told and was not told um, without the jazz. And, you know, while they may have lost those two finals, one, we were reminded about just how close it was in Game 6 and how, how uh, tough that team was to put away. And two, the fact that the Jazz were as much a staple of the 90s as the Bulls were. And if you go back and you, you even just look at their year-by-year record and the, 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 how consistent of a presence they were as a contender in, in, in that conference, um, 
that's that's all about three people. And I've said this all day in a number of, of you know other interviews that as much as you can't separate you know Jordan and Pippen from Phil Jackson and that th- those guys are kind of tied at the hip when you think about the 90s Bulls, you cannot talk about the jazz of Stockton and Malone without it being about Jerry Sloan as well. And I think the three of them, you know, it, 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 it was the, the, the perfect alignment of, of these three guys who were all incredibly tough and tenacious. And you, you know that Jerry Sloan played a physical style when he was a player for the Bulls back in the 70s and that, you know, you, as you guys know well, Malone and Stockton played a very physical punishing brand of, of basketball too. And, and so those three, I think, I think it just fits so well together that they all had that, that kind of old school mentality and a, a, a you know a tenacity both physically and mentally and you know um and beneath that you know while well Jerry Sloan certainly had a bit of that kind of crusty exterior and and you know could mix it up with anybody um refs and uh posing players sometimes and whoever else got in his way um he had a heart of gold beneath that and you know cared for his players and then obviously that community and you know he's he was he was an icon uh, for sure, and I'll just one quick addition to to all that before I forget or before we get off track. In the years that I was covering Phil Jackson when he was coaching the Lakers, Phil, who was never really embraced by the coaching fraternity, and Phil didn't really embrace the coaching fraternity or didn't see much use for it. Um, he kind of carried himself apart. He always, always, always had high praise for Jerry Sloan and went out of his way to praise him and and would say to us all the time every year when the postseason awards came around that it was a crime that Jerry Sloan had not won Coach of the Year. And I think he did some years after that. But, um, you know, as I say, Phil, who is, is not, you know, not necessarily generous with the praise all the time for opposing coaches, uh, had incredibly high regard for Jerry Sloan. Speaking of that, Howard, as the years have gone by, you covering the league and, and and observing so many really fine coaches, what characteristics stand out to you as being common among them? You know, I think the, the, the most important thing is communication. You know, everybody's got their principles, their systems, their playbooks, and you know they all crib from each other. They all develop, try to develop their own style. And so, you know, there's a certain kind of base level of, of X's and O's and, and, and scheme knowledge that you you just have to have. And so I don't know that coaches rise and fall so much on their their knowledge of the game and their play calling. It's all important, obviously. I think what separates the, the good coaches from the great coaches is their ability to connect with their players, to get what they always talk about as buy-in. You know, it doesn't matter what your system is. It could be this the, – the, Greatest offensive or defensive scheme in the world, but if if you cannot get your players to all buy in, then you're screwed. You're 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 just lost. Um, and so the the best have a, a way of of connecting with their players, getting buy in, communicating with them, um, being able to connect both you know professionally coach to player, but also personally. And it doesn't mean you have to be best of friends or talk about you know, the, the most personal things. It just means having an understanding and, and being able to kind of read your players to have a certain kind of empathy and, and to, you know, let them know, um, you know, if, if you've made a decision, you benched a guy, you, you know, do they, do they understand why they were benched? You know, if, if uh, you know, the, their, their role has changed, if, if anything. It, it's just the best of the, of the best coaches 
always have that that great communication. And so, to me, it's that. And, and you know, it's, it's always a balance too. Is, is the coach your boss, or is he your your fellow collaborator who's simply setting the, the stage for everybody to perform? And that's evolved over time. You know, you you think about Sloan or Pop or Rick Carlisle, who are all part of this old school kind of uh, persona where they're more the overseer of all this. They're they're you know they're they're it is more that that you know pre that, that that old school kind of sense of a coach as the boss and the, the players as as you know following directions um the more modern role you know uh, uh version of this is more like what i would think of like with steve kerr um or brad stevens guys who are they don't consider themselves you know the, the the boss of the players they consider themselves just simply the person who is they're like a, an orchestra conductor they're just trying to uh, set the tempo, set the agenda, get everybody moving in the same direction, and, and, and get the timing down right. And so I, that's that's the way things have evolved. And you know, obviously, the just the, the the relationship between coaches and players, I think, has changed quite a bit as, as players have have taken on much more influence in the league. Um, and so it's 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 different now. I don't know that we'll ever see another Jerry Sloan, not only in the, in the way he coached, but also you know, obviously his longevity, because you just don't see that anymore. Well, kind of along that line, Howard. Howard Beck with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And you mentioned you can't, uh, you know, uh, mention John and Carl without Jerry. And, and this is more of an opinion than a question, but I want to get your reaction to it. I'm not so sure Jerry doesn't get enough credit for what he did after John and Carl from his first season after those two were gone to winning 42 games in a, with a team that probably should have won 20 to going back to the Western Conference Finals with John and Carl Light with Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. Did he... I guess, mm, prove something with his coaching career after those two? I think it was important on some level. Um, it gets really hard in this league sometimes to separate out the success of a coach from the talent level of his players. And, you know, if you like a coach, you, you say, well, they, they're the ones who were, you know, instrumental in, in elevating a team, and if you are a suspect of a coach or skeptic of them, then you might say, "Oh, well, he just had good players." And so, when you lose two icons like Stockton and Malone, and you've got to kind of scrap your way back and 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 you know find pieces that fit and get the most out of them, and then you get back to the conference finals. Like I, I, I remember that being a really big moment, and they'd been out of the playoffs for a few years at that point. And you know, you know, while Darren Williams was, you know, really, really good. I mean, he's he's not obviously, as we now know, he's he's not Hall of Fame bound. Carlos Boozer, not Hall of Fame bound. Um, you know, these guys were, were were very solid players who, you know, along with the rest of that group, and you know, I think you know, Karolinka was part of that group, right? And then uh, maybe Okur. Like they, you know, it, it, it's it's not a, a roster that would blow you away. And it's, it's certainly that in moments like that where you can see the, the value of a coach who understands how to get the best out of everybody and who had a system and, a, and an approach that you had to buy into because you just saw, you know, 15, 20 years worth of it working. Um, and, you know, how are you, you going to come in and, and, and push back against that? 
I love what you're talking about there, Howard, about the effect a coach can have on a team just by being who he is and by being who he has been. There's a story that Larry Miller used to love to tell about uh, about Sloan. Uh, he was he was upset at halftime of a game, and he had scolded Greg Ostertag for uh, some mental errors that he had made. And Larry said that... Uh, that Ostertag responded by throwing a bag of ice at Jerry Sloan's head. And Sloan saw the bag coming. He leaned his head to the side, and the ice flew by, hit the wall behind him, and exploded against the wall. And Larry said that Jerry, quote, just kept on talking like nothing had happened. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I mean, it's it's just like he knew in that moment what to do. I mean, I can only imagine if Ostertag's aim had been a little better, if his uh, if his aim had been uh, hadn't been more like his jump shot and inaccurate. Uh, Jerry probably would have uh, grabbed him by the throat and thrown him to the floor. But uh, he knew in that moment that Greg was just just having acting out like a child almost and he was going to react this way and his team loved him for it it's just one example yeah no that's a phenomenal story um and Ostertag's probably lucky that he missed or that Jerry <laughs> Sloan didn't just decide to just you know uh level him anyway <laughs> Howard Beck is with us from the Bleacher Report and switching gears just a little bit Howard to, to actually talk a little basketball um, now that the wheels are starting to move a little bit with the NBA, we're hearing rumors and we're getting reports that uh, Orlando might be the location. Where are we on that journey to get NBA basketball back? Well, I, I never you know, say that we should assume anything until the league has actually made it you know, official. Um, I think Mark Lazary, the, uh, the co-owner of, of the Milwaukee Bucks, was on CNBC yesterday. And I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember, there's a lot of stuff that's all come out in the last few days, and so sometimes it all kind of merges. But um, it certainly sounded like he was uh, giving weight to the idea that the league might have two locations, one in Vegas and one in Orlando. So maybe you send the Western Conference teams to Vegas and the Eastern Conference teams to Orlando. And, you know, with the idea that, that teams will start practicing maybe sometime in June and, and resume play, in, I think, mid to late July. But, you know, I think everything is subject to change. I think that, um, you know, the, the circumstances of this pandemic are, are constantly evolving, as we've discussed before. So I, I make no, you know, hard and fast assumptions or conclusions about when we'll see basketball again. We also don't know for sure, although the indications are that the league does want to have every team back for a certain number of games. Um, I, that, I, that to me is, is not a certainty yet, uh, or is, is not, uh, you know, we don't have the exact details about that yet. And I still think that given where we are, um, just from a, a uh, public health standpoint and the logistical standpoint, it still makes much more sense to me to, to limit this and, and have just the playoff teams resume and not involve the other teams that, you know, frankly, I don't know what the incentive is for teams that have been off for three months. If you're the Warriors, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, the Hawks, teams that have no shot at the playoffs, you're going to be off for two, three months, come back and have a training camp for three or four weeks so that you can play a few what amount to exhibition games and then go away again. Like, it doesn't even really make sense to me. Um You know, it, it, there's there's no incentive there. I don't think those teams would even play their best play. Like, if I'm the Warriors... I'm not playing Steph or Clay if he's ready. 
at that time, I, I forget it. To play three, four, five games that, that are going to mean absolutely nothing, like what's what's the point? And you know, for everybody, you know, every every team you bring in with all the associated support staff and coaches, that's you know, and everybody's probably got to get tested every single day, like. I, I just don't see the point of that other than the league wants to stage as many games as possible because that's how they recoup the money. So, uh, Howard, I'm not sure that the league has any more information than you do about what should happen. What Do you, do you expect a, a postseason that has a full best-of-seven series round after round, or do you think it will be sort of uh, truncated? Don't know. Um, again, too soon to say. I, I think that again that the league, the league is going to opt for as many games as it can possibly fit in, and whether that's you know with regard to playoffs and, and how many games per series, or whether that's regards with regard to to you know potential play, uh, regular season games, um, I would think they would prefer best of seven. Uh, I, I, I again would advocate for the idea of, of of doing this with the path of least resistance. Get this done in a in as expediently. Uh, as possible, and if that means best of five in the first round, which hey, wasn't that long ago that this league did best of five first round, and actually it was a lot better because it was more suspenseful and you didn't have these drawn out first round one eight and two seven series that you already knew the outcome of. Um, so I could see them doing that if they feel it's necessary, but I think they would prefer to stay consistent and, and go with the best of seven in every round, and also again. They are facing massive losses of revenue as it is, so every game that you can play uh, is 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 helping uh, to to lessen the losses. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report with us on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. How much more challenging did the Jazz potential road get without uh, well with the loss of Boyan Bogdanovich? Yeah, I mean, you guys know that's that's a blow. That's that's a big blow. You know, somebody obviously a great shooter and can put the ball on the floor a little bit too, make some plays. Um, you know, at a position of need, and you know, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I think if you knew for sure on March 11th that it was going to take this long to get the NBA going again, maybe you would have opted for surgery immediately, but. You know, you just kind of have to play these things as as they evolve. And um, you know, if if uh, if the games are resuming in July and the Jazz are without Bogdanovich, that's you know that's absolutely a blow. Um, you know, can they overcome it? You know, we'll see. Um, but I, I don't. That's not a team that offensively had a lot of room for error. Howard, you live there in the city. Have you ever gotten to a point, even being a, sort of a student of, of the NBA and watching what's going on and covering it all, have you ever reached a point where you just said, "I bag it"? <laughs> I, I, you know, I question whether or not we really should 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 do this. I don't, I don't know if it's you know this idea that we we need sports to come back. No, we don't. We, I mean, certainly we need you know. Places to reopen and jobs are, are, are at stake, and the economy, all of this stuff is, is and, the, and sports is part of that. But the idea that we need sports somehow, you know, spiritually or otherwise, I mean, you know, come on, we, we can live without sports for a certain amount of months. It's not that critical. Let's not get crazy here. You know, we all love it. Um, we all, you know, you, everybody on this call, this in this conversation makes a living off of it. Um, but 
I, to me, if it's weighing public health against, you know, uh, whatever the, the, the perceived value of sports is, we have other ways to entertain ourselves in this world um, and to pass the time. And I, I think, you know, whether it's sports or anything else, it should come back when we all can agree that it's safe for it to come back. And if the NBA finds a road to, to do it and they feel like it's safe to do, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's fine. I'm sure they'll do the best job they can. But I also think it's almost inevitable that someone's going to catch the virus during the course of, of the resumed NBA season. And what does the NBA do when that happens? And, you know, is it, are they just isolating the one player? Because if they're isolating everybody who came into contact with that player to be ultra safe, well, then you're shutting down all play for a while again. And, you know, they're just introducing a lot of other, you know, uh, variables and risk. And you're asking a lot of players and coaches to assume that risk to get the sport going again. Um, I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just not convinced that they should. Well, Howard, as always, we appreciate uh, appreciate you and uh, dropping by every Friday. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Howard Beck, our good friend from the Bleacher Report. Uh, big thanks, thanks him for dropping by and giving us his perspective on Coach Sloan. And uh, did need to talk a little bit about the, the uh, latest NBA news with Howard, too. Yeah. Have you heard that uh, it could be a split situation where – Teams from the West go to Vegas and teams from the East go to Orlando? I, I hadn't heard it that definitively. I had heard that that was a possibility and it might not be all Orlando. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I think it was somebody in LeBron James's camp who had raised concerns over Vegas because of distractions. <laughs> uh, but I never heard as definitively as Howard put it right there that, uh, that that's kind of what they're looking at. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see how it turns out. Uh, I think we will get an answer on this within the next couple of weeks. Isn't that what Adam Silver said? Yes, that's what mm-hmm. he said. And then you're you're seeing little stuff leak out. Like Spencer Dinwiddie had a tweet. What was that, Austin, yesterday? Talking about how he heard that the start date will be July 15th. I mean, we're just these little things uh, that may indicate that there there is at least a plan developing for the NBA. And then uh, when when Silver talked to the players, he said two to four weeks, right? So we're right in the middle of that. It was nice to hear Howard talk about Jerry Sloan. Because, and he yep. said that the feeling locally is no different than the feeling nationally. And that's quite a compliment because uh, and, yeah. and from the feedback that I've gotten from people in the media around the country, uh, over the over the past year, really, but certainly today, has been one of ultimate respect, ultimate respect for Jerry Sloan, and why wouldn't it be that way? Yep, totally right. All right, we're live at Bullfrog Spas, just off 146 South and I-15. Just head west, you'll run right into us. Getting the word out about the Memorial Day sale, and our good friend Dan joins us once again, and. Uh, Dan, it's, uh, it, let's, let's talk a, a little bit about kind of the demand and why Bullfrog is so popular right now. Yeah, you know, you know, we're known as as the most energy efficient, low maintenance hot tub in 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 the world, and so this is a this is a brand that I think people that people know Utahns know it because we're a we're a local manufacturer that of course distributes all over the world, and then you know at a time that we're all 
have, we've we've been stuck in our homes some. We're all thinking about our homes more. We're, we're certainly thinking about ways to recreate close to home and those types of things. You know, there's there's really never been a better time to consider uh, a bullfrog spa and. And the timing's good because it's Memorial Day weekend. And as you know, because you've been here many times before on Memorial Day weekend, this is where we pull out all the stops, right, as far as great offers, great deals, you know, those types of things. And let's talk about uh, kind of the, the angle, the word we want to get out about customizable. This is something you guys are doing uh, that's really, really cool. Color, shape, whatever, you can you can get it totally custom for folks' homes. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that makes Bullfrog Spa so unique is our patented jetpack therapy system, the idea that you get to choose your own therapy, your jet system that is a removable seat back, and then you choose your, your interior colors, your exterior colors, and, you know, get an, get an order in for a spa that's going to be, you know, totally customized to, to your needs, your family. Whether you're looking for that little two-person spa off the master bedroom or a spa for, for the entire family, you know, we, we have it, and, and there's never really been a better time to get a, a great deal on those spas. Savings of up to $3,500 off of MSRP, some great factory rebates on top of that, and, and 0% financing for up to 60 months during this Memorial Day sale. So now through Monday at any of our factory stores. You know, Dan, I can vouch for what you just said. We did exactly that, and we've been nothing but happy. We picked out exactly what we wanted, and it's done exactly what we expected it to do. And that, that I, I guess I've gotten a little cynical at times that people don't always deliver what you think you're going to get. Not the case what? with uh, Bullfrog Squaws. Gordon Monson cynical? No. What? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate that, Gordon. You know, the, the, we we strive to to you know meet. To, to meet those expectations and and you know like all businesses we, you know we hope we don't ever fall short and if we do we make it right but it's you know it's, it's always it's always meant a, a lot to us that that you and so many others have had a great experience in their backyard and I think I've told you in the past that's it's kind of what keeps us ticking around here is is how often we hear that like that man this is one of the best things we ever did for our family was put this thing in our backyard you know? yeah just off mm-hmm. i-15 and 146 south come see us it's the bullfrog spas memorial day sale peaceful body peaceful mind peaceful home dan thank you sir thank you all right we'll have more big show steve brown joins us coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone celebrating the life of utah jazz legend jerry Sloan. I admired him and respected him infinitely as everybody in this profession. You just know what a job he did and how impactful he was, not just on the team and the organization, but really everybody he touched. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Celebrating the life of Utah Jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. To be able to play under Jerry Sloan, uh, first of all, a person who, who, who I do admire and I respect, like, we've had an interesting relationship. It's, it's like a father-son relationship. It's like a big brother relationship. It's like a friend relationship. And I don't know if you get to go through life with many of those opportunities to have um, to have that. And, uh, and I have it right here in one man. And uh, Jerry, I can't thank you enough. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Jerry Sloan.
I work my old John Deere tractor every day. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from Bullfrog Spas. Just off I-15 and 146 South, it's their Memorial Day sale. Come take advantage of it. Find out uh, how you could have a uh, peaceful body, peaceful mind, peaceful home. Going to talk to Steve Brown coming up here momentarily, longtime jazz broadcaster. Uh, we're having our listeners go to the open mic feature on our Zone Sports Network app, record up to 15 seconds of your thoughts, memories, feelings about uh, Coach Sloan, and we're going to put all those together and air them in a big segment coming up next week. All right, uh, Gordon, let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store uh, availability. Longtime jazz broadcaster and our good friend Steve Brown with us here on the big show. Steve, how are you? Uh, guys, bittersweet day, obviously. Um, it's, it's tough. We knew this day was coming. And grateful for the fact that he's released from this disease, but it's awful tough to lose such a legend. What a what a terrific guy and and a guy that was a great friend. When you think of Jerry Sloan, Steve, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? You know, I've been searching for that when when I got the phone call today. And the thing I think about Jerry, I remember a time years ago, just after Bobby had passed away, and uh, and I was in a uh, establishment sitting up on a bar stool, and uh, I felt this tap on my soul, shoulder. And uh, turn around, there was Coach, and he said, "Can I sit next to you?" Now, number one, that'll tell you a lot about a guy like Jerry Sloan. But we we sat there for about three or four hours and talked everything but basketball. I was going through a divorce at the time. He had he had lost, uh, you know, the uh, the love of his life. And uh, and I'll tell you, I think people just didn't realize. What a sensitive man Jerry was. You saw him, he's so tough, and he was tough as nails. And you'd see him so, you know, so uh, focused during games and everything. But there was another side to this man that, that uh, a lot of us got a chance to see at times. And I think those who thought that he was so angry, and, you know, that was his job. That was his focus in his job. The rest of the time, he was a, he was a man who had a lot of uh, different layers to him and a very – very, I, I thought, a very good man and um, and a very, um, very sensitive individual. What what quality or qualities specifically made him such a great head coach? Do you think, Steve? I think number one is he had every player's back forever. He, you want to talk about loyalty? There was no one that loyalty meant more to than Jerry Sloan, and he was a guy who always had your back. And boy, I'll tell you what, what a what a great feeling that was. And as an athlete, it had to be terrific. You knew he was going to the mat for you. Even even when you weren't maybe in his, in his good graces all the time, uh, he, was, he had your back 110% of the time. And I think everybody who played for him knew that. And that's why you see such an outpouring of love and, uh, and, and concern. Steve, even though he showed emotion on the court and could get angry uh, and he had that tender side off the court, there were still some commonalities throughout the whole thing. Jerry was Jerry. The word that comes to mind for me is authentic. Yes. Yes. You always knew where you stood with Jerry, and Jerry Jerry was not a guy who uh, was going to give up his principles for anything. Yeah, he was authentic. What you saw was what you got from every portion of his life. And, uh, and to me, that was one of the great things. The other thing is he was always respectful. You know, we have NBA coaches now, 
that uh, that don't like to do the interviews. Jerry would love to do all the the public part of being a coach, but he always treated us with respect. And it didn't matter whether you worked for the Cash Valley uh, or Tooele uh, News or that you were a, a national or international uh, news member of the news media. Jerry treated you with the same amount of respect. If you were a professional, he treated you as such. And I'll tell you, that was something that I think we're missing at times these days. When you're talking, Steve, to your grandkids and passing down wisdom uh, or something you learned from Jerry Sloan, what would that be? Well, the fact that he was a fighter, he never quit. He didn't quit when he was a player. He didn't quit when he was a coach. And frankly, he never quit when he had this disease. You know, there. this was insidious. This disease, it was so cruel. And yet, you know, he continued to, to fight it as, as best he could. And I think you would see times when he was there, when you would talk to him, and there were other times when he wasn't. But what I'm grateful for is that he's finally released from this because he knew he knew that his mind wasn't working right, and he, it was so hard for him. And to see him so vulnerable at the end of his life was, was difficult. I'll tell you one thing. There was one heck of a reunion on the other side this morning. Uh, those are the kinds of things I like to think about, you know. Yeah, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure Hot Rod Hundley had a uh, Bud Light ready for Jerry. I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned about Jerry being a fighter. I remember one time talking to him it was after it was in the it was in the playoffs one year and and the jazz had just won a tough game by like one point or something and i asked jerry about what he was feeling when he when he saw the way his team uh came back i think they'd gotten beat in the game before and he, this is what he said steve he said tonight is what i live for Guys struggling, coming back, competing. Those are the things that are most important. That's the best thing about being a coach, seeing how guys react in a tough situation, watching them fight. Oh, man, that that, that encapsulates him person, per, perfectly, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, I think about his, his famous phrase, you can't play backwards. And, and that was Jerry Sloan. He didn't care about what happened yesterday. Today was the game. Today was the day that your, your performance you were going to be judged on, and you can't play backwards. And, uh, and I think that that's one of the things that I think all of us can take from Jerry is you're going to have good days and bad days in your rearview mirror, but you can't play backwards for either one of them. What really counts is what you do today. And I think Jerry was the epitome of that. He was the guy who personified it. And I think every day you got 110% from Jerry Sloan. Why do you think he, John, and Carl fit so well together, Steve? Why were they so complimentary of one another? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with shared uh, perceptions on, on how life should be and, and certainly how the sport of basketball should be. You, you won't find two other guys uh, in, in the history of the sport, I don't think, that would have meshed any better with Jerry Sloan. Uh, you, everything you had, you gave when you were out on that court. And I think he never had to really get those guys ready to play. They came ready. And I think he respected that from them as professionals as well as the personal friendships that they forged. But you look at the attitude they had to how things should be done, and it was shared. All three of them shared it. 
When we talk about Jerry Sloan, folks think about his toughness and all this other stuff, but he was really a smart man. I mean, he, 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 you know how, Steve, he played, he played like he was dumb. You know, he, he was kind of self-deprecation, you know, I'm just a farm kid, all that BS, man. The guy was really, really smart. Yeah, and it wasn't just basketball smarts either. You know, I think we look at the way he coached and how successful he was and how he was able to take what he was given and, and figure out a way to use it to its best. Yeah, that, that's true. But I think he was also, I mean, there's innate intelligence in Jerry Sloan. He was that farm boy. They did have 10 kids. You know, he did have to fight for his place at the dinner table. But all those things worked together. And when you saw him, I, I had the privilege of going uh, to McLeansboro and seeing where he came from. And when you look at the background that Jerry Sloan came from, to see where he wound up was absolutely amazing. He He had to have not only intelligence, but also integrity. And I think that's what you had from Jerry. You got everything. You know, he never stole a paycheck. Jerry Sloan never stole a paycheck from anybody in his life. He gave you everything he had every single day. And, uh, you know, boy, if you can't grasp a hold of that in today's world and look up to it, then you've got a problem. I think, Steve, it was, it was uh, fitting that the school – that Jerry used to go to, uh, and, and he, he lived way, he lived like 10, 15 miles outside of McLeansboro. Uh, what was it? Gobbler's knob or whatever. And he, and he would come, he'd come all the way into school. And I saw, I too went to McLeansboro and I saw that, that old high school it's since I think been torn down and a new one is built, but the road that McLeansboro high school was on, was named Jerry Sloan Avenue. I, yeah. I just when I saw that sign and I looked at that, I just thought, "Oh, this is so cool." I'll tell you, Gordon. Uh, you know, I've done this for forty-eight years, and Jerry Sloan is going to be one of the people that I remember as a highlight of my career with the privilege to work with. Not only from the professional side, but also the personal side. Just to, you know, Jerry wasn't perfect. Listen, we all know that, and he'd be the first to tell you. But I'll tell you something, there's a lot that people can look towards Jerry Sloan outside of basketball and, and say, this is something that I should uh, talk to my kids about, and this is something I can use and model in my life, too. Uh, I, he, was, he was a wonderful man, and I am just so uh, thankful that he's finally been released from this prison that he's been in for the last several years. Well, Steve, it's great to hear your voice. Thank you so very much for coming on with us today and giving us your perspective. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you. The honor is mine that uh, that I was able to at least have a few minutes to say some things about Jerry Sloan, who I will consider one of the uh, one of the highlights of my career. Well done. Thank you, Steve. Great job. Thanks, guys. Steve Brown, longtime jazz broadcaster with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I, you know, I he's... About, he's he, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, go ahead, Gorda. I was just thinking when he mentioned that Jerry wasn't perfect. Jerry used to say that all the time. He said, look, I know I'm not perfect. I know I made mistakes. And he did have a couple of vices, but he had a whole lot of virtues. I mean, I guess we all have vices, don't we? 
Uh, but but some of us the, more than a few. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with Jerry, uh, he those virtues, uh, it just spoke to who he was. And I think that's one of the reasons it was so easy for guys like Stockton and Malone to follow him because of all the things that Steve was just talking about. It was evident and it was evident in his life. It was evident in who he was. And so the effect on a team that Jerry had in some cases was just Jerry being Jerry. Uh, real quick, this tweet comes in from our friend you Shasta trailer because I, I just thought this was really funny. Uh, he, he has Steve's quote here. Hot Rod Hundley had a Bud Light waiting for Jerry. I guarantee you that. But then you Chasta trailer adds, the bigger question is how Hot Rod managed to slip the beer on Jerry's tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the way. Did Hot Rod ever pay for anything? I don't know, but that is such a great tweet. You Chasta trailer, oh, thanks for that. You know, we all need to laugh a little bit. When I when I think of the reunion, and I, look, I'm a believer. Okay, so this may be for those of you who who think uh, this life is this life, and there's nothing after it. You can just ignore what I'm saying. But when in my mind's eye, I picture the reunion between Jerry and Bobby. I mean, Jake. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then if you want to picture him with all his his relatives and friends and everybody that's gone. And I, and I do believe Steve is right. Jerry was in he was in a, a prison of a human condition at the end. And uh, he's he's been released from that. So that I, I thank uh, Steve for bringing that up, because that it was tough for Jerry at the end there to be uh, to be suffering the way he was. All right, Bowler, Bowler is going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Randy Rigby will be on with us at 5.30, live from Bullfrog Spas out here in Bluffdale. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. And I'll tell you now, I didn't want to disappoint you. I didn't want to disappoint the coaching staff because you guys made it possible for me to be the person I was. I felt when I came here, I was a young boy and I grew up to be a young man, good or bad or indifferent. But I just want to say that, you know, playing hard was easy because, Coach, you played the game. You guys did it. And I didn't want to disappoint you guys. And, uh, Coach, we, you know, we love you. I love you, man. And like I said, you, you're the best. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Jerry Sloan. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. You know, just a good friend and a good human being all the way around, guys. Um, I really enjoyed hearing Big Dog and Big T and Mark talk about him as a coach and as a, as a human and as a guy who just wanted his players to play uh, with heart. I mean, I know that's... We always said, you know, play with heart and, you know, bring your lunch pail, put the uniform on, be proud. I mean, all those things are so true and it's so simple. But uh, in a world we live in today, sometimes we, we've lost track of that. And I just think Jerry, again, was what we call old school, but one that I think the players who played for him just have so much respect. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Jerry Sloan. Big 
show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You heard Bowler right there. He's going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors, along with Soffit, Fascia, and Rain Gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. We're live at Bullfrog Spas in Bluffdale, just off 146 South, just west of I-15. Come on out and see us. We'll talk to Dan uh, coming up here in a moment. Uh, but, Gordon, let me ask you something I've been asking uh, several of our guests. I heard Coach Chiesa on the, the station earlier today talking about uh, how Jerry seemed to get the most out of his players. And we can go through examples of players that were so good under Jerry that weren't necessarily as good elsewhere. But what do you, what do you, what do you attribute that to? What, do you, what about him do you think had that effect? I think it was a combination of characteristics. And all of that uh, built uh, into the, the Jerry Sloan persona. In uh, what you knew about Jerry Sloan, would you want, if you were a player, would you want to disappoint that man? No. No, probably I, I, not. I don't think so. And not out of fear. I mean, Jerry could get after players, and he did get after them. But I think it was more, as much as anything, it was out of the, the example he had set as a player, and the other players were well aware of that. And then the way he coached. He made some mistakes early on. That first stint with the Bulls, he I remember talking with him about that, and he, he said that he was a little too aggressive at times and didn't listen well enough, and and he learned from that. And so what did he do when he became Frank Layden's assistant with the Jazz? He, uh, he implemented those things that he had learned. And I, I think the players – uh, could see that this guy was a hard-working man, was an honest man, was a straightforward man, was a smart coach. Why wouldn't you follow that guy? If if I, I picture Jerry Sloan, in in if he had been something else, I see him as like a, a ship captain or or a commander <laughs> on a battlefield or something. And I'm not comparing sports so much to that kind of serious stuff, but. But he just had that presence about him. I, I think it would be very easy to follow Jerry Sloan, uh, to, to, to sit with him in a foxhole or to follow him into a fight uh, because he's, he's going to lead straight in with his nose. And that's probably one of the reasons his nose was, had been broken as many times as it had. Well, lead. Lead is the right word, right? I mean, you just you just um, talked about somebody who had the persona of a great leader, right? Inspired confidence. Uh, and I, I totally get your comparison to a ship captain because that's what you want, right? When, yeah. And when the, stuff's going on, you, that, that's who you look to. And it, it, it have confidence that they're going to make the right decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that story I told earlier about how when he was, he was upset, he disagreed with something I wrote. He didn't sit there and brood about it. He called me aside, and he didn't. He didn't say anything snarky in front of the crowd of reporters. After we were all done, he said, "Hey, come here. Let's let's talk for a minute." And we go over there. And believe me, when you're one on one with Jerry Sloan, and he's a little bit upset with uh, or disagrees with a position you had taken. I mean, I just sat, stood there and looked at him, and he looked at me. And he, he said what he said, and I said what I said. And as I mentioned, we shook hands. And I walked away going, I can't believe how much I respect him, even though he just called me on the carpet. I mean, I mean that's, those are characteristics that uh, uh, players resonate with players. 
And, yeah. and I'm sure he did that with his players. Issue with one of them, he called them aside, he told them what he thought, and if that player had some sort of response, then okay, give your response and let's talk it through. Jerry, I think, was for, for a guy who is seen as a tough a tough guy, tough man. Uh, I, I think his communication skills were pretty pretty fine. All right, we're live at Bullfrog Spas. We'll talk to Bowler coming up right around the corner. Randy Rigby, former Jazz president, will be on with us at 5.30. But joining us right now, our good friend Dan from Bullfrog Spas. And it's Memorial Day, Dan, and that means it's the Memorial Day sale. That's right. See, it's, uh, it's nice to be here for the Memorial Day sale, a little different than usual. Uh, we're, we're, we're here on the other side of a, of a glass window overlooking our showroom instead of right in the middle of the showroom. But, man, Jake, it's good to have you here today, and it feels like we're getting back to normal a little bit. It does. And, you know, I, my, I have some personal friends who just came by and uh, are looking for a, for a bullfrog uh, to put in their house. But I talk about you guys all the time because you're such a great company. And, um, in fact, I was talking to Bill before the show started, and you, you're here. You're a Utah company, not only made in America, but made right here in our state. And during these times, isn't it kind of a reminder that, you know, to support locals, support our community? Yeah. And you guys are that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We still do manufacture some great things here in the USA and, and here in Utah. And Bullfrog Spas are, are, are one of them. And, and I'll tell you, Jake, as, as we've all spent more time at home recently, I think people are realizing how important it is to to really take care of themselves and, and their families. And for, for years, we've talked about our message of peaceful body, peaceful mind, peaceful home. And if there was ever a time that, uh, you know, people really should, you know, are thinking about their wellness and thinking about their, their, their mental health and how to, you know, how to stay connected to family members and, 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 and how to create, how to create experiences at home, because maybe, because we're probably not all jumping on a cruise ship anytime soon. Uh, you know, the backyard hot tub in a bullfrog spa is, is uh, a great, a great opportunity and then you combine that with our memorial day sale which as you know is is really one of our biggest events of the year a great opportunity to come in and and custom order your bullfrog spa you know i've often asked myself how does lisa monson stay sane and uh, i think gordon is the answer the bullfrog uh, it's well <laughs> in part uh, the other part is that she's married to me uh, I, I thought I would think that that would be the part driving the insanity. <laughs> Are you telling me that's that's why it was her idea to get the, the bullfrog spa? I think we're to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she uses it enough, so I must be driving her nuts. <laughs> All right. Come on out. Take advantage of it. 146 South, just west of I-15. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being here. All right. Bowler is going to join the show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. Well, Jerry Sloan is one of my favorite coaches in NBA history. I had the honor to coach against him for many years. There was one point in time where I uh, took a year off, and one of the things I did was I, I asked if I could come to Jerry's training camp for a few days just to watch how he did things. It was a great learning experience. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan.